gentlemen hello 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 and welcome welcome one and all to episode 23 of rise up right here on lfa tv i am jeremy harrell i am the host of this show and this is god's word that is coming through this podcast through this network into your homes into your mobile devices possibly at work in your earbuds while you're working fear is a liar and I'm not afraid of liars I have no fear at all of Satan because as for me in my house we will serve the Lord and if somebody is lying deceiving cheating 
and trying to make the world believe that he's powerful when he's really not, I have zero regard, zero respect, and zero fear of someone who has no power over me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being here on episode 23 of Rise Up. Uh, This is the only faith and family devotional show that we have here on LFA TV. I have a feeling that that is going to change uh, in 2023 as we open up weekends, uh, weekend streaming and uh, and other events. I have a feeling that we uh, God is always going to be at the center of this network, much like God is at the center of my family. So thank you for being here. I, uh, I am so very grateful that you guys allow me um, and join in with me on my morning devotion uh, to God, because this is the one you know hour of the day uh, before my show at 11, before the rest of the shows on the network every day, and then before my show at five. This is my time in which I get to be with the Lord. I wake up in the morning. I've got five kids that need to get off to school. My wife and I have everything we do to get ready for that. Then I come here and I get ready for the day and I get this one hour uh, of uninterrupted time with the Lord. And uh, I've always had that ever since I've, you know, ever since I was found because I was, uh, you know, led astray for 36 years. But the idea of doing a, a, a podcast connected to the coffee that we spent so long trying to prepare and get ready and, and put out to the public, which is rise up. I, I, I didn't plan on doing this every day. And God said, Hey, you need to share this hour with me with other people. Now, some people have said to me, but doesn't God want you to be alone with him? Well, yes, he does. And now not only do I spend this hour with you and him, but it also prompted me to continue to have alone time with God. So I've, doubled my time with the Lord. How about that? So I do believe that uh, this show, this podcast, this network was here ultimately for this, even though uh, Live from America, Wrong Think, Loud Majority, Unafraid, uh, Moody, Ungoverned, and any of the other shows that are going to be, um, uh, you know, on this network, I do believe that all of them, even though they are extremely important, and they're bringing you the truth when other networks won't, you know, like the mainstream fake news media, in, including Fox News. Uh, but this right here will be more powerful than that. It may not be more popular because, you know, the wide road versus the narrow path. It may not be more popular, but it is far more important. Amen. So uh, I will tell you guys. Uh, somebody asked who sang that song. It's Zach Williams. It Probably my favorite uh, musician in the uh, Christian music world is, is probably Zach Williams, but it's called fear is a liar. And, um, if you enjoy that, so you, do you guys want to know, let me just tell you a quick story before we get to our prayer, uh, to God. So much of you know that I was a troubled teen. Uh, and before I even turned 18, I had already set my path for the next four years to be incarcerated. Now, I didn't do anything violent and didn't have anything to do with drugs. I was just a stupid kid playing along with stupid other kids and wanting to be part of the team, wanted to be part of the, the crowd. You know what I mean? And then I just kept screwing up after that, which prolonged my incarceration. Nothing really bad, just a bunch of stupid stuff. No regard for God, no regard for the law, no regard for my parents, no regard for, no respect for anybody, okay? So there's a number that I will never forget. And that number is K65989. K65989 was my name for four years. My name wasn't Jeremy. I certainly wasn't a child of God. I certainly wasn't a soldier for Christ. No, my name for four years was K65989. Pretty incredible when you're renamed something that's a number. And you remember it for the rest of your life. So anyway, why, am I, why I'm telling you that story is to tell you this. The very first video and the very first song that I ever heard and saw from Zach Williams was the video where he was in the prison. 
And I'm actually going to bring it up because I think everybody needs to see this. But it was a video in which he was doing um, uh, basically prison ministry through song. And the song is called No Longer a Slave. Okay. Uh, I just want to make sure that we get here. The song is called No Longer a Slave. And basically, when my name was K65989, I was a slave, ladies and gentlemen. I was a slave to sin. I was a slave to Satan. I was, uh, I was not in my right mind whatsoever. The one I am puts up his number. Obviously, he was in the same boat as I was. But I saw this song called No Longer Slaves from Zach Williams, where he did it in a prison. And I have to tell you, a lot of people go, why is, they call this a, uh, they call this, uh, uh, people that go to prison, they call them prison Christians, right? Because there's a, there's a stereotype of, uh, of people who go to prison, and when they go to prison, uh, they find God. And everybody, oh, you found God in prison. Huh? Well, the reason why people find God in prison is because if you don't have God, you won't want to know where you go find God. You go find God in your breaking spot, in your bottom, uh, when you hit rock bottom, wherever that is for you, that's where you're going to find God. That's it. That's where God dwells. God dwells when you're not a believer, not in your heart so much, but he dwells at your rock bottom. So that is why so many people in prison find God. Now, I did not find God in prison. However, when I got out and later on in my life, I had children, I became a Christian. Then I remembered when I watched another Zach Williams song with Dolly Parton that said, there was Jesus that says, when you're at that rock bottom, Jesus was there. You just didn't know it. You just didn't know it. So before I show you the song from Zach Williams, uh, live from Harding Prison, called No Longer Slaves, I think we should bow our head. And I think we should say a prayer, not only for this podcast, but all those people who are walking without God to find their rock bottom, because that's where God lives. And that's when you get built back up on a new foundation, on a rock like Peter. Amen? Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we humbly come to you today and ask you, Lord, to continue to prepare a path for the ungodly and the unbeliever to find their rock bottom. Studies show that people who find rock bottom in their lives end up being Christians or people of faith. Lord, we pray for those people that are at their rock bottom right now or are approaching their rock bottom. We pray for the people uh, that are coming out of their rock bottom with a new life, with a new foundation. We pray for those people in prison. We pray for those people who have been persecuted maybe unjustly. We pray for our January 6th political prisoners as well. We know they're relying on you, much like Paul relied on you while he was imprisoned who then went on to write three-quarters of the New Testament. Lord, we thank you for the rock bottom. We thank you for the valleys. We thank you for the trials, the tribulations. We thank you for the hard times, Lord. Not only do we thank you for those hard times, Lord, but we pray for those hard times. Because in those hard times, we get closer to you. And we find more about you, find out more about you, because you reveal yourself more of yourself to us in those hard times. We pray for those hard times, and we also pray for you to bring us through them safely. Lord, thank you for this podcast. Thank you for this network. Thank you for these people. Thank you for the people that are truly interested in sharing the gospel and learning more about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Very incredible, folks, the opportunity that we have and the time that we are living in. It is incredible time to be alive and... Uh, you know, we need to pray for those rock bottoms. We need to pray. Look, folks, I titled this uh, show today, Being Poor and Living Without Builds Character. Now, I used to say food stamps build character, but this kind of encompasses that. Being poor and living without, it builds character. And you know what else builds character? Rock bottom. Rock bottom builds character. So I want to go play this video. Just, I won't play all of it, but I want, I want to bring you through my life. 
I want to, this show Rise Up is kind of like a digital diary for me. It allows me to show you my life through my eyes walking with Christ. It's a very public part. Uh, It's a very private part of my life that I am making public at the request of the Lord, not myself. Trust me, it's not easy to talk about the personal times in your life that you don't, uh, never wanted anybody to know. But if I'm going to open myself up in walking with Christ, then you need to know them. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Zach Williams, live from Harding Prison. You're going to enjoy this. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh, I am a child of God. This video hit me in my heart. Oh, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh, I am a child of God. You are video and the song makes me cry every time, so we're going to talk a little bit about this in a minute. This is rock bottom. These gentlemen have joy in their hearts, but they're in their rock bottoms right now. It's possible.
So, uh, because this is such a personal morning devotion with me through my eyes, things are not always going to be the same. I worship God in so many different ways. I worship him through song. I worship him through this digital diary. I worship him through the books I go through. I worship him with the things that I watch on TV. I worship him on my knees. I worship him standing. I worship him in the shower. I worship him walking, driving. I have five children and a business and a million hobbies that I love to do. And yet my mind is on God, I would say, 10 hours a day. If you, ga- if you gathered it all up, I'll bet it's 10 hours in a day. My mind is on God when I'm sleeping. Folks, so many of you that are watching are in your rock bottom right now. I worship God. If this is what God wanted me to do this morning, which it obviously is, listening to that song with you, that is just as important as me reading out of this book. It puts me closer with him. And for all of you who are in rock bottom right now, I know it. I lived there for a decade. I lived there for a decade. Now, in today's verse of the day, when we get to it, I explain to you why I have no fear of the devil. I lived with him for 36 years. I was a roommate of his for at least 10 years. And for a good five years, I looked him as my brother in arms until I realized how deceitful, how much of a liar how weak, how powerless, and how lame he really was. I was anchored. Don't you know? I was anchored to the ground. All I had to do was cut the anchors. That's it. Satan is an anchor. Get rid of the anchor. Get rid of the anchor and come on land. And never have to worry about it ever again. It's like that song from King and Country. Burn the ships. Cut the ties. Send the sails. Toot through the night. I don't want anything to do with it anymore. So I don't. It doesn't mean I don't sin. It doesn't mean that the devil isn't still waiting around every corner like a hungry lion waiting to devour me. What it means is I recognize it faster and faster every day and I step away from it faster and faster every time I realize and recognize it. Don't you know? You know. You have a conscience. God wrote the Ten Commandments on your heart. I saw in the chat, somebody has an 80-year-old father who is a Jehovah's Witness. They asked, how do I witness to them? Nothing works. Well, the best way to witness to them is just reading the words of the Bible. Those words are so powerful. It's like magic. I'm not kidding you. Most Jehovah's Witnesses, most Mormons, most Catholics... Do not read the Gospels. Read the Gospels. Understand the Gospels. Know Jesus. Now, for that person who asked, how do I witness to my 80-year-old Jehovah's Witness father? Turn the spiritual mirror on him. And bring him through the Ten Commandments like Ray Comfort does. Make them say what they are. Make them answer the questions. Make them talk. Everybody knows that I was a salesman for a long time. I was in high-level sales, you know, IT sales and stuff like that. You know, corporations, executives, that kind of stuff. Uh, sales training, big, you know, thousand dollar, uh, five thousand, ten thousand dollar sales training classes that these companies put me through, and I can sell. Trust me. 
But one thing that we were told in sales, shut up. Stop talking. Let them talk. Why? I'll tell you why. In sales, they say, because every time you shut up and let them talk, everybody wants to talk about themselves. And when they do talk about themselves, they let you know more and more and more about them. And as, you, and as they let you know more and more and more about them, they're making tiny commitments to you of trust. And that's what you do in sales. You want to build trust. You're not just trying to use car salesmen. You're trying to get them to build trust with you. So you let them talk. And every time they reveal something more about themselves, it is another commitment to you. Not information for you. That's a given. But it's a commitment to you. Well, the same thing goes when you're trying to convict or trying to help somebody convict themselves. Help the Holy Spirit, I should say, convict them is you've got to get them talking. You've got to get them to admit things because it's not about admitting it to you, the evangelist. It is about admitting it to themselves so that the Holy Spirit can convict them. That is the best way. Everybody says, how do I evangelize to somebody? Trust me. I asked that question for the last six years. The answer is the words of the Bible. Let them convict themselves from the Ten Commandments. So you ask, how do I do that? Well, Ray Comfort, Kurt Cameron, the Living Waters team, all of them, they're really good at this. You are wrong about Mormons. I'm a member and I study the Bible all the time. In fact, our worldwide church focuses this year on the New Testament. We just got through the Old Testament. Okay, then what do you believe as a Mormon? What do you believe? Because I can tell you that your core belief in Mormonism is wrong, 100%. Why? Because it contradicts Jesus. And if you are a follower of Jesus, anything that contradicts the words of Jesus is not Christianity. I saw a good quote today, and I'm going to say this with you. You can disagree with the Bible all you want. But you're still wrong and it is still right. Anything that is outside what Jesus teaches about the Old and New Testament, about this life, the afterlife, and anything else, anything outside of that is wrong. Anything added to it is wrong. Anything subtracted from it is wrong. I'm not saying that worship in Jesus is wrong. I'm saying your core belief. What is the core belief of a Jehovah's Witness? What is the core belief of a Mormon? What is the core belief of these sectors, these, 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 uh, what do you want to call them? Denominations or different religions? There's only one uh, relationship with Jesus, and it's not called a religion. And it's not added to or subtracted from what he says. That's just plain period. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you. Anything added or subtracted to the words that Jesus teaches is not Christianity. So you can study it all you want. But if your core belief is not in what Jesus believed, then you are not a follower of Christ. It's that simple. You can agree or disagree all you want, but you're wrong and it is right. Not I'm not right. I'm not right. It is right. I'm saying what it says. Joseph Smith wrote the Book of Mormons. He was not an apostle. He was not a disciple. None of the disciples wrote the Book of Mormons. None of the apostles wrote the Book of Mormons. And the same thing goes with the Quran. It does not bother me to say that. I'm not being disrespectful of somebody's religion. Religion is man-made. You're being disrespectful, and I'm saying it as Quran or anything else, to Jesus, period. And I don't have a problem saying that, and it doesn't hurt me to say that. It actually helps me to say that. And it would help you to understand that 
if you want to be a follower of Christ. It's that simple. Feelings do not matter when it comes to all this. Your human feelings, my human feelings are flawed. They are flawed. Christianity is a relationship. Everything else is a religion. And religion is man-made. Barb Naylor says, I was born a Mormon, was active from childhood until about 17 when I started questioning the whole deal. Amen. Same thing with the, uh, same thing with, uh, the, the Amish. Same thing. Every one of them will tell you, I'm doing the work of the Lord. None of them are. They're not. I'm just saying. They might think they are. They might feel they're doing great things. But if you're doing anything that is outside of the words and teachings of Jesus, then you are not doing what God wants you to do. And I'm not talking about sinning. We all sin. Majogo says, Jehovah's Witness have a stack of books they have to read. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And I don't know. I might be speaking out of turn here. And if I am, I apologize. But I believe Mormons are on a works-based system. Your good good works and your bad works, kind of like the Quran, are judged evenly. But that's not true. God is not judging you on your good works. Period. God does not judge you on the good things you do. Period. You want to know why? Because you can't bribe God. God judges you only on what you've done wrong, not what you do right. You are inherently supposed to do right. He's not going to give you a pat on the back for what you've done right. He's only going to judge you on what you've done wrong. Even our courts in our own earthly world, the uh, judges do not judge you on what you did right. You're not going to stand up in front of a judge in, in this world and, and you're going to say, hey, hey, judge, I'm sorry. I know I, uh, I know I killed three people, raped three women, robbed 10 stores, but I don't do that anymore. And I do nothing but good now. And the judge is going to go, well, you should. You should do good. But that's still not going to make a difference on what you did wrong. And I am judging you on what you did wrong, not what you did right. So for the Quran, and I believe the Book of Mormon and many others, who think that you are going to be judged on your works, your righteous works, you're wrong. You can do them until the cows come home. It doesn't matter. You're not judged on your works. Your works are, sp- are supposed to be by default when you become a child of God, period. They're synonymous with each other. You cannot earn your way to heaven. Er- getting to heaven is a free gift given to you by God through grace and mercy because of faith in the fact that Jesus Christ lived and died and rose from the dead and died for your sins. Done. That's it. That's all, folks. You can go home. Somebody asked, what is a good church in New Hampshire? Well, that's hard to say. I would not say go to a Baptist church or go to a Methodist church. All I can say is try them out. If they are preaching from a Bible-based point of view and they have nothing but the teachings of Jesus Christ in their heart and they're reading out of them and they're not um, interpreting them the way they want to, but they're interpreting them the way that the writer wanted you to interpret it, inspired by God. And how do you do that? Well, you understand the writer. You understand who Paul is. You understand who Peter was. You understand who uh, Simon, all these people were. You understand who Luke, Matthew, Mark, all these people were. Then you understand how you are to interpret their writings. Same thing with the Constitution. Same thing with the Constitution. Scop says, Scopsco says, oh man, now you scare me. I'm wondering what that means. Let's pull up the rumble chat because I know that there's a bunch of people probably not happy with what I just said, but I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to preach the words of Jesus Christ, period. Mormon LDS are very oriented, family oriented and have good morals. I live in Idaho. Yeah, no, I don't. I didn't say they don't have good morals. So do, jo- so do uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, and so do the Amish. They have great morals. I'm not saying they don't. Not at all. Not, not even close to that, but thank you for that. I appreciate that. Majogo says Jehovah's Witnesses have parish parishioners 
worked for the church, physical work. I studied under them for a short time, and my uncle was one, was physically helping them into the late 80s and 90s. Yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses are great. They come around and they do things that Christians should be doing, going door to door. Jehovah's Witnesses have more courage than most Christians. Again, folks, I'm not here bashing them in the way they live and what they do for their communities. All I'm saying is the teachings of the books that they read, if they are not rooted in the, in the teachings of Jesus Christ, they're wrong. That's all. That's all. But most Jehovah's Witnesses have far more courage and far more um, resilience than the average Christian, which I think we need to adopt. I am a Christian, no denomination. Amen. Amen. I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we only worship Jesus Christ. Mormon and G, ask yourselves how your sin is paid for. It is anything more than the blood of Jesus Christ, then it's wrong. There's a perfect example right there. How is your sin paid for? It's all based on works and everything else like that for a lot of people, folks. Sin was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's it. Jeremy, you are right. Don't want to be an ear tickler. Bible preachers only. True that. I don't even hate other religions. It's your choice, just not my choice. I don't hate other religions, and I don't even hate the things they do. Like I just said, um, Jehovah's Witnesses are far better at, uh, at, at spreading the, you know, the word and getting out there and helping people like we should than most Christians are, 100%. Seventh-day Adventists went to the end, day, uh, end Times event. Wow, they had so much of the Bible mixed up, I couldn't even finish the event. Amen. And you want to know something, folks? You don't have to take my word for it or anybody else's for, word for it. Let your heart, let the Holy Spirit guide you. If you feel that what you're being preached to is wrong, then don't listen to it. And that includes me. If the Holy Spirit is telling you, I don't think what you're hearing is right, you better leave. Well, then you probably should leave. But Yamein One just said something in the chat that makes 100%. Sin was paid for by Jesus only. Scrop says, I asked the church for their statement of faith to see what they're teaching before I choose a church. Good, uh, that's a good method. Growing up, uh, Jehovah's Witness, we were told you must do all things or go or, or no everlasting life. Took a lot to get past that. I still struggle. Well, there you go. There you go. You must do things in order to. But that's not true. Because Jesus tells us and God tells us that salvation is a free gift. That means unconditional. That means you don't have to do anything except for believe and you get free gift. You don't have to do anything. Green Broccoli says, interesting, the Mormons want you to go to church. And when you said no, I don't think they will ignore you there or not nice. I'm not sure what that meant. You're saying that if you don't go, they'll ignore you? Well, that's another thing about Christians, ladies and gentlemen. They don't judge you ever. Not real Christians. They're always arms wide open. Always arms wide open. Talking about morality. Some people need to read the book, The Pilgrim's Progress. That's also a movie as well. I've actually seen that. My wife and I both watched that, actually. We both watched that. Unbelievable show. Unbelievable. I suggest everybody see that show for sure, that movie for sure. Hard seeing friends go the way, the wrong way. A friend in Mormonism praying for they to see the truth. Well, again, they're just trying to do what you and I are trying to do. They're trying to find the truth. They're trying to find salvation. What they don't get is that the truth and salvation is right here. It's right here. And it's right here. The B-I-B-L-E, ladies and gentlemen. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, Pilgrim's Progress was written in prison. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I haven't, we've gone through 40 minutes to, of, of today's Rise Up show. And, and like I said, sometimes this is what it calls for. Sometimes this is what it calls for. Sometimes it's not going through the devotional books. Sometimes this conversation that we're having is enough. But I do like to go through some of these, so I do want to make sure that we do touch on them, okay? Now, remember, keeping this in mind, keeping this in mind, being poor and living without builds character. That is what this show is about, okay? Jehovah's Witness do not believe in the Trinity, which is in the Bible, said Majogo. There you go. This world, that's what this is titled today, from uh, One Minute Prayer for Dads. This world, from 1 John 2, 16 and 17. 
And it says this. All that is in this world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from this world. And the world is passing away with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Not the will of religion, not the will of man, not the will of, of you must, but the will of God, which is a free gift. We Christians, we Christian dads can easily be distracted by the glitter of the world. What it is that attracts you personally, ambition, money, material goods, whatever it is, it will likely cost you dad hours and still leave you dissatisfied. The thing is, if we're not satisfied by Christ and thus turn the world to the world and thus turn to the world for satisfaction we're entering a maze that has no end same thing with religion you're entering a maze that has no end all man-made religions and pretty much all denominations will lead you into a maze with no end only Jesus can light that path for you and only the words of Jesus are true not the words of some guy who wrote a book. But dads who set aside their hunger for the world and focus on fatherhood will find themselves at the destination where happiness resides. Eli, can you turn that fan on for me? There you go, folks. Let's pull up that rumble chat. Rosebud is correct. Getting a little hot in here. Take this off. Rosebud is 100 correct. If you add or take anything away from the Bible, it is wrong. Carol the Cowgirl, my friend's family are devoted Catholic. They pray the rosary every night, but they pray to Mary. I don't agree with that personally. Well, well, you're, you're right in not agreeing with that. Praying to anybody but God through the name of Jesus by way of the Holy Spirit is absolutely wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Now, a lot of Catholics will tell you, we don't look at Mary as a savior. Well, then don't pray to her. But she's the mother of God. Oh, well, she was a vessel. That's it. She was nothing more than a vessel, just like we are when we're brought into this world. Our moms do not give us life. If our moms gave us life, then you could say, oh, I I probably should pray to Mary. But our moms do not give us life. Neither do our dads. God gives us life. Our 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 moms are vessels. Mary was a vessel. Was she the mother of Jesus Christ? Yes. Should she be respected 100,000%? But praying to her is wrong. It's wrong. You want to know why? First commandment. If you don't know what it is, read it. It's that simple. And nowhere does it say, pray to the vessel that brought Jesus. And nowhere does it say, pray to Mary. And if you're doing it just out of respect, but still don't believe that she's the Savior or God, you're still wrong. You broke the first commandment right away. Thou shalt not have any other gods but me. That means praying to. Jesus is the only name to remember. Ladies and gentlemen, we have 1,000 people watching in here. We have 351 rumbles. Let's do our best. 353 rumbles now. Let's do our best to get to 500. Amen? Check this out. God, I can be dazzled at times by the glitter of this present world. I know if I persist in following the attractions of the world, I will suffer a great loss. God, your kingdom has so much more for me than this world. Today, more glitter will be thrown my way. Help me to recognize it for what it is. Counterfeit riches and reject it. Instead, may I draw you from you the joys of the, uh, of the world to come. Your kingdom. Amen. Hold on. I saw somebody say, Jeremy, I disagree with you but still love you. That's okay. You're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with Jesus. Again, I'm not telling you my stuff. I didn't write any of the Bible. I wrote no, no uh, verses of the Bible. 
God inspired me to write none of what you worship. God did inspire me to read the words of Jesus, though, and to read them for what they are. Now, I will add how that goes into my life. I will add how that directs my life. That's what this show is about. But as far as preaching goes, uh, I only, only preach what comes from the Bible, period. Period. So you can disagree with all you, all, me all you want, but you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with Jesus and God. So that's a problem that you need to take up with them. But I still love you too. It's okay to disagree. But again, you're not disagreeing with me. Disagreeing with God. So you take that up with him. I don't want to be part of that conversation. <laughs> Actually, that is not part of my conversation at all. Uh, where are we here on this? Um, encouragement. Day five. Let's not bash other religions, says Laterer. Seeing it a lot in these messages. I bash religion. 100%. I don't call it your religion or their religion. Religion. Just like I bash sin, but don't hate the sinner. I'm not bashing the people of that religion. I'm bashing religion. Period. And if you adopt religion in any way outside of the Bible or being taught in any way outside of the way Jesus meant for you to be taught, then you are doing something you should not be doing. I don't care what label you put on it. You could put lipstick on a pig all day long. All you're going to get is Liz Cheney. Look, one thing that's different about politics and faith is that in politics, you're hearing a lot of my opinion and you're hearing me be emotionally invested into the argument. In this faith show, you're not hearing my opinion. You're hearing the word of God. All you're hearing is how it helps me and what I do with it in my life. And I'm not arguing with you about what you believe or what you don't believe. I'm only arguing what you're doing and what you're not doing outside of the word of God. That's it. So I'm not taking it personal. And we're not bashing other religions. I'm bashing religion. And Christianity is far from religion. I just want people to understand that. I love the conversation. Don't get me wrong. This has been one of my favorite Rise Up shows that we've had. Religion is wrong. Encouragement. Colossians 4, 8. For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about your, our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. And that he may encourage your hearts. Skopsko says, I do agree with you, but you're a little too harsh with all God's children, and he loves his children. If you're not with Jesus, you're not a child of God. Just because God gave you life does not mean you are a child of God. You are not. Unless you are walking with the Lord, and if you've already accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And as far as being harsh goes, this is what churches should have been doing all along. Being bold, standing up, not worrying who it offends or who it doesn't offend. I do not care who rise up offends or doesn't offend. I don't care because I have no feeling in this. I'm speaking from the heart. I'm speaking from the Holy Spirit. That is it. It's not my job to be harsh or not to be harsh. Or I mean, excuse me, it's not my job to worry about who feels like I'm being harsh or it feels like I'm not being harsh. More, more pastors need to be this way. They need to tell you this is the right or wrong way. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't lukewarm it. I'm not trying to have a bath here. Jeremy, that was wrong. We don't like Liz, but that was wrong. Okay, thank you. That you can say I was wrong on. And that I will agree. That was a wrong statement to make. I'll agree with you on that. C. Geringer says, and Jesus wasn't harsh. He called the Pharisees a brood of vipers because they were religious. Don't compare it to me to Jesus. I'm just saying. Romans 15, 4 says this. 
For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we may have hope. Not the encouragement of religion, not the encouragement of praying to Mary. Later, it says Catholics are Christians. They want to be. They want to be. But as long as they are praying to Mary, praying the ro- praying to the rosary, or, or, or confessing their sins to a priest, then they are not following Jesus' instructions. I'm not saying that they don't love Jesus. What I'm saying is what they're doing in the name of Jesus is not what Jesus said to do. Not what Jeremy Harrell said do or not to do, what Jesus said to do or not to do. And just because Peter started what we know as the Catholic Church does not mean the Catholic Church is lock and step with Jesus today. Jesus didn't start the Catholic Church. Jesus brought you the word of God. Men started the church. The church with Jesus was the body of the members. Faith and commitment to God as challenging today as they were in the Bible times. Temptations surround us, and even when we obey the word of God and stand firm, we sometimes grow weak and afraid. But do not fear. Take heart and be strong. You are deeply loved by God. Dear Lord, thank you for your love and mercy. Please give me your peace and strength today. Amen. Later, says, I respectfully disagree. That's great. I am glad we can have these conversations. I am. But if you disagree with me, again, As far as this goes, you're disagreeing with the word of God. I need you to be able to at least have the open eyes, ears, and heart to convict yourself with the words of Jesus Christ, not with the words that I say. Go to the Bible. And if you are a Mormon, if you are a Catholic, if you are a Jehovah's Witness, if you are a Muslim, or if you are a Jew, convict yourself through the Holy Spirit, by the words of Jesus Christ in the B-I-B-L-E. And there's no better place to do that than Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Go read those. Then come back to me. And if you have not read those in length, then I don't want to see the argument because you're arguing out of something you do not know. Pearl 6 says Jehovah's Witnesses are doing the work of the devil and many of these religions are being discussed, but nothing more than cults. Jeremy, you are spot on in everything you have said this morning. We need more of this. Mary cannot hear your prayers, neither can any other saints. Anyone who believes in Jesus and has him in their heart is a saint. They cannot, they cannot hear you in heaven. Truth sounds like hate. Bring it, Jeremy. Wow. Check this out. Jeremy, thank you for telling the truth. Catholics are in no way Christian, says Rosebud. I was raised in that church and went to parochial school, parochial school. I don't know how that's pronounced. A woman in our church was Catholic. She was divorced. She said she had to sit in the back of the church. She felt condemned. That is wrong. Amen. And I've, I've seen so many instances of that right there. So many instances of that right there. I'm feeling better. Thank you all so much for your prayers today, Shelly Rose. Amen. Separation comes from the devil. God brings us together as one. Numbers of Messianic Jews are growing even in Israel. Oh, no. Catholics are most certainly Christians, says K-Mac. I'm not even going to continue with that conversation, okay, because I know where that leads. And all I'll say is go to the Bible. Don't listen to me if you're going to be that hard-headed when it comes to what I'm trying to say about I'm not saying Catholics aren't Christians. I'm saying they desperately want to be. But the Catholic Church will not allow them to be. That is the problem. That's the problem. Catholics want to be Christians, and they feel they are. But they're led astray by the Catholic Church today. I don't know about the Catholic Church 100 years ago, but I know about it today. I know about it today. And I'll tell you another thing, too. I fully believe that the, uh, the, um, the, uh, the Empire of Rome was never absolutely and completely demolished. I believe the empire that we know as Rome in our uh, history literally just broke up, got smaller, and then formed the Vatican and then ruled the world that way. That's what I truly believe. That's what I truly believe. T. Mitchell said the Catholic Church refused a funeral for my brother. Evil place. 
Again, if you don't agree with me, just go to the Bible. Go to the Bible. JL Jazz says, growing up, our Catholic church intimidated the congregation into giving them money. Amber Wolf says, I know growing up living in a cemetery, by a cemetery, the babies that died at birth were buried on the opposite side of the major cemetery. Yes, Jeremy, you're right, the Bible. The Catholic Church has changed, says AMB32. Uh, I don't belong to a church or go to a church. I'm watching and learning here, said Larry Reha. Catholics are told what to believe, said Diana17. Now, folks, I've never been a Catholic, okay? I've never been a Catholic, ever, 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 ever. So I cannot speak from my own personal experience as a Catholic. What I can do is speak from my own personal experience as a Christian. I can speak from my own personal experience of very close people to me that I know that also grew up in the Catholic Church. And I can speak from my own personal experience of having this show and having thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of people email me that said they also grew up in the Catholic Church. So I can only talk about it from that point of view not my own from inside the Catholic Church. I just want to make that perfectly clear, okay? Chef says, Catholic Church endorses the climate green deals and uh, end human life and gifts something and gives. Well, I'll tell you another thing. The Catholic Church is funding the invasion at the southern border and getting paid for it by your taxpayer dollars. I know that. Does that sound like a very Catholic thing to do? Christian thing to do? Um... All they need to do is be born again. Romans 10, 8 through 13. Good job, T. Mitchell. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting very close to the end, and I've got to read the verse of the day because a uh, loud majority is coming up next, and I'm going to break into their time, and I don't want to do that. I already do that to Mike Crispy enough, okay? All right, verse of the day today, kind of long, so I'm going to say it, and we're going to end. Philippians 4, 14 through 20. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases your credit. Powerful. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied having received from the... Um, Epaphroditus, the gifts that you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Peter can speak very, very, very plainly about having everything in having nothing. Folks, I'm going to bring you out the same way I brought you in with some worship music. So, ladies and gentlemen, Zach Williams, No Longer Slaves. God bless you. Loud majority coming up next. Have a great morning, and I'll see you at 11 o'clock. Peace.